0: One thing that I've done in recent years is I've curated a lifestyle for myself that makes me very happy. So when I have a whack interaction with somebody that shit stays with me, that shit like, I don't know, like, like I post some content on the internet. Somebody says some shit from a private profile. I don't care. We're doing our job. I'm the performer. You're the spectator. It's spectators that love it. It's spectators that hate it. It's somebody that could like it, but they just want to say some little catty shit because they got to nitpick it. Bay Area. No, <laughs> no, but it's like and that's just like the way things go. And, and that's fine. But like, it doesn't bother me. Like, it's all I, I signed up for it. But the thing that like really gets to me now is. Like, I've. I've eliminated things in my life That don't really serve me So when I have a whack interaction It stays with me Because you know what I realize Like When it comes to western lifestyle I break it down Into three groups There's people that Kind of lead a more European lifestyle An Asian lifestyle An American lifestyle And I'm really s- starting to see Because I live in Koreatown And I'm really starting to see the Uh the Asian lifestyle, it's more in my face. Like, I saw it when, and like, now I'm connecting to back when I was living in the Bay and like I would be, you know, around the UC Berkeley campus, like, hooping, you know, whatever. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I'm connecting the dots and like, like I'm seeing it from like kids to adults. But, um, so European lifestyle, right? Is, and I'm talking, when I say lifestyle, I mean like the shit outside of work. Outside of getting a workout, going to the gym, like, I'm talking, like, the stuff, in. I'm talking about the stuff outside of work, I'm talking about the stuff in between work, I'm talking about socially, like, I have a very, very, even, uh, romantically, I, I have a European lifestyle, and that's, like, like, you know, I like to, I like to grab a drink on a whim, you know, like, I, I'm not, like, somebody where it's, like, I need to know a bunch of people, I like, I don't need a neighborhood bar, even though I have one, I don't need... Uh, Somebody to meet me out Like I would just go to a bar I will go to a restaurant And then go to the bar in that section Order a few things Hit a happy hour And post You know I, Especially like I love undoing a workout <laughs> After the gym And then just be like Yeah let me go here Grab a drink Post up a minute Um I like walking around. You take your time. You walk into a specialty store. and You're like, ooh, Calabrian chilies, imported. Oh, let me try this. Ooh, this little tapenade. Ooh, this they got this uh, this uh, fresh berry jam from uh, uh, this farm over here. Oh, oh this this like and you get your you get your little imported pasta and you get your you know you get some olives and you get you get some stuff you're gonna use later then you walk into a bookstore you know you look around you do some window shopping you pick something up like my man shout out jeremiah like the homie jeremiah inspires me because he has like a very sort of like european lifestyle and it's like i i like that shit you know it's like it's like this nigga be going fishing and shit and then uh, making tacos and shit out of it. I'm like, yeah, that's what's like if I knew somebody with a boat, I would do that. But that's that's like a friend that just inspires me to tap more into uh, that European lifestyle Then like a, a kind of more Asian lifestyle is like it's it's very uniform. You know, you like when you go out, you always in large groups like you always kind of you, you roll like four or five deep, you know, you. Um, when you go out, you're not really going to talk talk to a stranger. Uh, when you go out to eat, you know you definitely you probably going to do it up family style. You try a little bit of this, you try a little bit of that. Um, everything is going to be very kind of scheduled and organized. It's not it's not going to be a lot of last minute activity going on. Then uh, American lifestyle, you know, when you go out to shop, you shop in bulk. You know, Asian lifestyle, you shop when you go out shopping, you shop with efficiency. American lifestyle, you shop in bulk, you know, you shop uh, quantity over quality. European lifestyle, you shop quality over quantity, and you shop more, I don't want to say, Americans shop with impulse. European lifestyle, people, we shop off inspiration. <laughs> this, is, this is I don't know if I've ever gotten more pretentious on a podcast ever before More than like right now <laughs> But you get what I'm saying Like American lifestyle is like You know most of your fun takes place on the weekends Or it's happy hour with co-workers You know it's like European lifestyle is like Hey, hey what you doing tonight oh, Okay cool Even like I, as I get older even, like, my relationship with women, I know this is kind of more, like, European. Like, a girl could tell me, like, she's seeing somebody. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, if a girl's a hoe, it really doesn't bother me anymore. Like, I've had women be like, oh, yeah, this, this is dude calling me right now or, or whatever. And, like, they're at my house. And I'm like, oh, shit. My dick was just in your mouth, so that doesn't bother me at all. Like, all right, you niggas. I see why the nigga's calling you. You know, it's, 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 it's some decent pussy right here. You know? Um... But yeah, like, I don't trip off what a girl does when she's not with me. I don't, I'm in a space where it's like, I don't really believe in monogamy. I don't use condoms. Like, it's all this shit where I'm just like, eh, I don't, I don't care. Um, You know, and, and like, like, my first dates, or like, my first dates with a chick. Like, I didn't, I like, I fucked the first night, you know, like, post-relationship. Pretty much everybody, I fucked them the first night you know, go out to a nice dinner, have some wine, like, hey, you want to have sex, like, it's very, like, I don't know, I really feel, I really feel like, you know, I feel like an Italian man, I feel like, um, I, I feel, if you have seen the show Industry, I feel like one of those, like, British kids, if they didn't work at a, where the fuck they work at on that show, um, no, but even, like, like with a friend Like, I had I, his friend, uh, Blake And me and him were, like In L.A., we were roommates In, like, parts of 2016 and 2017 When I was, like, back and forth between Oakland And uh L.A. And me, like, me and Blake Were just very, just in the way That we were buying weed And we're both, like You know bro- Well, I'm a broke artist, he's a broke aspiring artist <laughs> And, but, like the way we w- was with weed because, like, with weed, he was like, I'm gonna buy shake, so and I, so I'm gonna buy like $30 worth of shake and I'm gonna smoke it through so I can smoke it for like the rest of the week until like the next payday. And me, I would rather use that $30 to get some like quality sour diesel and I just have a little bit in the pipe, have like a little bit in the bong, and maybe stretch it out with a little bit of shake. I'm also not into weed as much, so it's like if I'm going to smoke weed, like I rather smoke like some good shit. Uh, but yeah, so like that—that's—that's that's how it uh, determine those lifestyles. Also in Europe, like like they don't—it's not like they're drinking like fucking wine all day. Like like there's a misconception. Like people think like oh in Mexico they just drinking tequila. It's like no, they're known for tequila. It's like no, we go there and we drink a bunch of tequila. We go to fucking. France and drink a bunch of Burgundy and Port and we go to Italy and drink a bunch of Sangiovese and all that it's like they're not doing that throughout the day like they drink with meals like they look at us like we're fucking alcoholics like but you're just drinking with like no food and no special occasion like what the fuck's wrong with you anyways um no but so like I I have a lifestyle that like I really like so when I have like a whack interaction like this shit can just Released. Really st- oh wait, actually, wait, and let me also say, like, even when I'm on the road, I have like, I keep to that lifestyle. Because it's funny, most comics when uh, like most comics on the road, they like kind of just stay in their hotel room, and like I go out. Like one of my favorite cities, I've. I mean, this is a podcast. I'm going to repeat things. Like when I'm in Portland, I have a routine, even though like I don't like Portland as a city, because they got, like, the shit I don't like about the, like, I loathe about the Bay Area, where it's, like, they're a little too comfortable, it's just a little too funky, but god damn, they got some amazing food, also, like, the infrastructure, like, I really like the infrastructure, even though, like, like I said, every city looks the fucking same, where it's, like, some bridges, some rivers, you know, the fucking stadium, like, yeah, it's all kind of the same, but anyways, um, yeah, like, even on the road, I'm, like, yeah, walk around, I find a wine shop, I find like a bar, have a drink, walk around more, see about getting some souvenirs, like, ooh, let me get this jam, let me get this hot sauce from here, like I've, you know, and and then some comics are just like on their laptop working on clips, editing or just napping or, you know, doing whatever, and I'm like, nah, bro, we gotta, gotta fucking live. Anyways, um, because I had that, there are like certain interactions that I had that like, Cause I'm in a place now where it's like I love the neighborhood that I live in. I love the lifestyle I've curated for myself. Business is solid. Uh, like I'm in like I'm in like a, like a really good place, and like all the people that are around me, I've purged myself from people that just don't really serve me. And even even like I'm I'm a lot more. Um no, yeah, you know, I'm definitely I'm obviously not a fucking prude or anything. But like I'm a lot more uh, I don't want to say guarded But I'm a lot more particularly I'm a lot more particular With how I distribute My Intimate energy And my sexual energy You know what I'm saying So it's like I don't like Like certain things where it's like Oh this doesn't feel right If I'm not like I'm good I'm good I'm good I'd rather just be at home by myself. If it's between being out with some motherfuckers that I don't really fuck with and being at home, I'd rather be home. If it's between fucking a girl where it's like I can fuck her, but like I'm kind of not like super into her. She's not. It's not somebody where I'm like, oh, I wanna. I'm gonna show her photo to all my niggas and they are gonna like high five me over the phone. I'm good. I'm good. They gonna like, oh yeah, you did that. Cause that's what that's what I do after I fuck a girl. I send a picture to my niggas and. I'm very proud with the pictures I've been sending, and I don't want to have to send them a picture I'm not proud of. That's what, kind of what keeps my standards up, is my niggas. It's like, you eat what you kill out here, nigga. <laughs> Anyways, um, no, so there was two interactions I had on the road that just kind of like, it was after the first show in Milwaukee, and it was like, it, 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 keep in mind, because, like, I just, I got done doing a show in L.A., and then I'm at the airport, 7 p.m. flight that I just narrowly made, get on a flight, Uh, they switch flight crews in Kansas City, Missouri, then get into Milwaukee, and, like, I'm kind of drinking on and off periodically throughout the flight, <laughs> because it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's a long, it's a lot, um, I can get the venue, do my set, and then I'm like, well, my set's done. Sammy's going to be up there for, like, an hour ten. I'm going to fucking have some drinks, and I'm drinking, and I'm talking to the Milwaukee comics and the Chicago comics. And, like, the Milwaukee comics are like, hey, so, uh, so I'm getting ready to go to New York. Anything I should know? You know like, what should I do? Like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, this is cute, you know. So, then after the show, and, like, when, when you when you perform in, like, certain markets, like they're not used to seeing a certain caliber of comedian. I'm not saying like I'm be- I'm not shitting on like the the openers or like none of the local comics, but it, 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 I'm the nigga. <laughs> but like they're not. So it's like there's a certain sort of like enthusiasm and sparkle that you'll see in people's eyes. Like if I perform in New York or Chicago, it's just like all right, cool. But like when you perform in like these, you know, B minus, C plus, whatever markets, it's like. They see like uh, a actual professional comic Or like somebody that's kind of famous And they're not always going to bring their game Or they may come to a show where like the comic's tired And they don't take the And they just kind of phone in their material They're like I saw you do that material on the internet And so uh, I hate that shit I hate when people complain about that It's like well, d- Stop watching full sets Like watch a few clips And then get tickets and see them Or don't Like you got uh, Anyways So, show's over, and I'm like, I'm kind of on autopilot at that point, and like, I'm kind of at a point where it's like talking to people after shows. It's, I've kind of gotten like, all right, what are we doing here? It's like, okay, if I'm when I'm on the road and I'm selling merch, it's like you're gonna buy merch, you're gonna get my social media. No. Okay. Just tell me, thank you for the show. But like, if you really like start talking to me and engaging with me and which I'm happy to do, it is part of the job. But like, if, if you're going to do that, then I don't want to hear you fucking life story. I don't want to hear Like, if you saying shit, this doesn't pertain to what the fuck I said on stage. It's really, I'm like, my mind is gonna check out. I'm like, uh huh, uh huh. I'm smiling and nodding and I'm, I'm I don't am i know, I'm thinking about some dumb shit in my head. Like, like I got drink champs questions playing to myself in my head. Like, big L or big pun? Like, <laughs> like I fucking, I fucking check out. So, anyways, it was this one chick. She comes up to me after and she's like 5'9, five, 5'10. Five, like, you, you ever see like a light skinned black girl and you like, you are definitely half black and half white? She was like, she looked like that, long cur- pretty girl, pretty girl, beautiful girl, tall, slim, and she's talking to me, and I don't know, my mind just checked out, I'm like, oh, thank you so, oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, and I may have said, did some crowd work, I'm like, why well, I said something about black people in Milwaukee, I don't know what the fuck I said, it was, it was a good set, though, it was, it was like an autopilot set, you know, <laughs> but it went well based on, like, you know, where I was performing. So then after the show, like I'm talking to her, and I'm like, alright, cool, have a good night. And then I was like, oh by the way, uh, you on Instagram or anything? You know? And she was like, she said, whack this is where the whack moment came. She said, thank you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why did you like talk at me for two minutes and not even like like it's, I'm not trying to fuck you, bitch. Like I, first off, I'm not even staying in Milwaukee like we were staying in Chicago, so like we had to drive like 45 minutes south and go to uh, the Airbnb in Chicago. And like, so it's like even if I wanted to do something and you wanted to do something, that would have that would have been really really fucking difficult. But outside of that, it's just like, why would you talk to me all this time? And then it's like, what well, you think that it's, I was, I'm was? i trying to hit on you? Like, I'm a performer, social media. Like, I was like, where the fuck am I? It's like, did, and she, I don't know. She just, you know what it was? It was like she just, and she was younger too. She's probably like 22, 24, some stupid shit like that. But it's like, she just took so much pride in that, like, I'm going to have to pass the way she smiled. Like, it almost felt rehearsed. And I was just there, like, what the fuck was that? Like, well, because, like, most people are like, oh, I'm not on social media or whatever. And it's just like, dude, it's just for followers. It's like, you see more content. You engage with it. You probably will never, like, I'm not going to be out this way for a long time. But, like, if I am or you're in the same city, you see a show, that's it. That's all it is. That's all I care about. Also, also with like women now They'll be like It's not even about A chick being younger Like that is Sometimes it But it's also like I could like Find a chick attractive And she could like Initiate conversation And I'm just I'll be like I don't think this would be Very fun for either of us And that's why dating After 30 is hard But But yeah So um no, that that was like that was just like really what, and she was just being whack, I was like, that was just like really whack, cause like she engaged the cut. Co- Anyways, then in Buffalo, it was it was after the show, and Buffalo was just like, Buffalo was like so fucking bad. It was like a long, long drive from Columbus, like six hours, like three three fucking stops in total, because Sammy's a fucking number autistic guy <laughs> like he's a fucking weirdo like, like well if we have this well <laughs> if we stop five times uh we'll only have like uh 4 hours free before the show where if we stop three times we'll have 5 hours and 20 minutes free before the show and that five, and that 90 <laughs> that hour and a half like I'm like what the so we on the road the entire time anyway so the crowd in Buffalo, they were assholes. I I talked about it the last pod. I'm not going to go over that, but... Excuse me. Um, coffee. Uh, we get in and show, do the show, and it was like, they, they weren't a fun crowd. They were blah, 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 blah. Nobody really had a good time on that stage. It was just... I, well, Sammy was just like, it's business. But, like, as openers, you're kind of more... Oh, yeah, and then fucking Sean, our host, he, like, fell asleep on the couch in the green room. I grabbed a cover, tucked that nigga in, pause. I was <laughs> like, let me tuck your ass in. All that driving you did. So I tucked him in. And, and it was I remember him being like, dude, this is a bad luck. Like the general manager saw me falling asleep. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's seen this before. Like he knows like he knows where he comes from. Do not feel bad about this. He's like, okay, dude. You're right. You're right. Thanks, dude. Thanks, dude. I, when young comics care, it is I've I remember when I used to care. So after the show, and like I did, I did sell. So like one guy just went up and bought some merch cause he was just like, ah, let me just help this guy out. And like, he didn't, he's like, Hey, what, what color you want with the beer cozies? Uh, c- come on, you need one of these. And his wife was just saying, like, and he's like, we'll get you red. And then he just gives me the $10 and he's like, all right, have a good one. And, um, this kid comes up to me. And he starts talking to me, he's like, oh, you're a funny young white kid, and he's like 23 years old. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks for coming out. All right, cool. And again, like, I'm on fucking autopilot. Like, all right, cool. And he's like, oh, so, so, so what do you got here? And <laughs> when he said, so what do you got here? I'm like, you know, you ever meet like somebody young and just be like, oh, I could tell the type of old motherfucker you're going to become. And then, basically, he just kept talking to me, and he just he was talking and talking, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then he's telling me about himself and other comedy. And by the way, if you go up to a comic and you tell a comic about other comedians you like, we don't want to hear that shit. That was covered on the, um, that, that was the whole thing about, like, why George Lopez said, uh, uh, fuck Ralph Barbosa, whatever he said about Ralph, which, I mean, he shouldn't have said, obviously. We actually did a pod about that, uh young old dude. I can't remember what the fucking episode was, but it, we we talked about it on here. Um Yeah, uh we don't like hearing that shit. So he's telling me about that. And he says something really whack to me. He's like, Yeah, I never like seen the Sopranos, I just watched the clips. I'm like, bro, you gotta watch the episode. He's like, nah man, the clips are good enough for me. And I'm like and in my head, I'm like, I want this little nigga to die. <laughs> like, yo, know, this is the greatest show. Fuck you. Like I, and then in that moment I really just started hating him. And, I, and, he, and he's like, so what do you got here? Beer cozies? And I'm like, yeah, man, it's, it's fucking, um... yeah, he's like, oh, I'm a broke student, otherwise I would get it. And I'm like, oh my God. And he's, he's, like, he's like, you smoke weed? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh man, I wish I had some weed on me. I'm like, dude, stop saying things like that. Like, stop. You do don't ever do this again. <laughs> like I was just like I, I like all my fucking post show professionalism went out the window. Because with a girl, I'm gonna be like, oh okay, and then I don't know, G- I, Gen Z. I fucking hate you niggas. You guys suck. You learn how to fucking talk to a human. It's not even like learn how to talk to a real nigga or an adult or learn how to talk to a black. It's like learn how to talk to a human. You fucking idiots. So. I'm like, yeah, nigga, don't bring up, like, if a girl's like, oh, hey, uh, you like getting your dick sucked? Yeah, and it's like, oh, yeah, man, oh, man. yeah, I, just, I don't want to suck your dick, but that, that's good to know. I'm like, why, why would you fucking bring that, like, you fucking idiot? So then, I'm like, dude, d- d- you, and then, like, then at one point, this woman walks by, and she kind of, like, and she waves at me with, like, and she gives me that little, uh, the four-finger wave, you know, with the little delicate, dainty wave, And she walks by, and the guy's talking to me, and I already said to him a few times, I was like, man, you should talk to other comics, they're cool, and I was like, dude, you need to leave, you are holding me up, you need to, you need to go, I'm not trying to, like, just hear you talk about yourself, this is not fun, this is, I have goals here, he's like, okay, 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 I was like, get my YouTuber some shit, you already done took up too much fucking time, he's like, alright, I'll get you YouTube, like, I'll get you, yeah, just take a picture of that shit, alright, cool, have a good night, fuck off. Yeah, so I'm like a little, f- <laughs> those are just like whack interactions that are just staying with me, and what it is is, it's like, wow, are you going to let the fact that like some young Gen Z kids, and he's like, you know, uh, what do you, what they call them, bum fuck, and he's like fucking give up towns, uh, I, I stole that from Dino Archie, Dino Archie came up with give up towns. These people in these give up towns, (laughs) and give up towns, it's like you go there to give up, or you stay there when you give up. It's like, are you going to let these motherfuckers bother you? And it's like, you know what it is? I think it's probably like the ego in me that is letting it bother me. It's like, do you know what I did to get here and to perform and it's not that, like, you're not, you don't need to follow me just because you enjoyed the show. You don't need to buy my merch. You don't need a, all the shit that I like. Get a picture with me. Like, like in a perfect scenario, that girl would have wanted my Instagram. Just, I'm so fucking sexy, and she sends me some nudes. That kid would have smoked me out, bought my merch, took a picture. Post, both of them would have took pictures of me, and then... Tag me and repost. Like, Like that's the best case, perfect scenario, right? I, I don't fucking need that. I'm not entitled to that. But don't fucking talk my ear off and then not give me anything. It's like, no, nigga. Like, I already gave you the show. Like, you think I want this? I don't know. That's But that's also the problem, with, I think, with, like, stand-up being, like, so accessible now. Because, you know, I I, I was in a... Um, I headlined a show in uh, Santa Barbara a few weeks back. And... And I got in early too. I got in early because I wanted to like go wine tasting. Link up, link up with the with the boy Louie. Got 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 to check in with the Mexicans. And uh, <laughs> and I'm out of this one one spot. I really like getting wine at in Santa Barbara. It's called the Valley Project. And I like the Valley Project because they they do like uh, it's never like the same tasting menu. Because a lot of places in Santa Barbara, because it's like a region where it's like, it's a lot of Chardonnay, it's a lot of Pinot Noir, and some Syrah, and then you get some red blends, but they always have something different, they have like kind of more French varietals, you can get some Grenache, you can get Syrah, like, and it switches up every time I go, and actually this is the one time I didn't get a bottle, I didn't like anything on their tasting menu this round, but long story short, um... I'm talking to a the guy there, and he's like, oh, oh, what, what you doing out here from LA, like on a on a Tuesday? I'm like, oh, I'm a comedian, I got a show. He's like, oh, okay, okay, cool. So do you, like, do, do you do, like, a lot of crowd work or whatever? I'm like, this nigga knows what crowd work is. I don't know, just, like, the fact that comedy is also, like, so, assess- like, because of, like, reels and podcasts, and it's just everywhere, and. It's, there's not... Because I remember, like, 10 years ago, 2013, 2014, I'd be in Santa Barbara, in Santa Barbara, like, I'm a comic, performing at Comedy Hideaway. And people like, oh, we gotta see you. And people would get tickets, people would come out that night, and they would go fucking see me. Like, people I just could meet in the club. And also, maybe part of that is just, like, being, like, young, and I had, like, a certain, like, young man energy at the time, so there's... But I don't know. Like, it, yeah, it's, like it's it's a lot more accessible so people it, it, it was already an art form that people never really fully respected and so you know yeah but yeah no no I just had some whack interactions with some kids that I'm just like oh god I hate I hate the I hate the fucking youth <laughs> like that's, that's that's what it is it just still bothers me and it's like plenty of other dope things happen but like I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm fixating on that and I think that happens like when you find Cause I'm not like I'm not gonna be like oh I'm happy but I'm gonna be like I've I like my life being happy and liking your life are two different things but like I like my life and when shit just whack shit comes into it because I purge myself of friends and things that don't serve me it can stick with you and that's something that I think people need to be very aware of very cognizant of like when you create a, a lifestyle that is good for you. Then when whack shit comes in You can feel it just a little bit more But ultimately it's like You met some like loser kids That are either going to grow out of it But most likely coming to like Fucking loser annoying adults And like you're Just letting it get to you I don't know We all just need to get over ourselves This is the Let's Unpack That Podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Behrens. Thank you very much for tuning in. Today, we will be unpacking an artist ego. Because, you know, it's not often that things can happen in the news. I mean, now it's kind of like past being news, because I fucking take forever to drop podcasts now, because I'm like, I'm a, I'm a gamefully employed uh, comic again. But, uh, nah, man, but, uh, no, we had uh, Drake and Joe Budden had a thing uh, in regards to Joe critiquing uh, Drake's latest album. Lauren Hill had an incident where she said, yeah, I'm late. Be glad I'm fucking here when she was, you know, two, three hours tardy to whatever shows that she often is. So we can unpack all of that. You know, it's nice when we could string together uh, a thread and, and really just unpack it with stuff that's also relevant. So, hope you guys enjoy the show and thank you for tuning in. So, it's only right that we get to fight out the way and talk about my ego as an artist, my ego as a performer. And I'm gonna break it down into five sections of people that can do that to me friends and family. People that are dabblers in the arts But I do not identify them As actual artists In the respective fields That they claim to be in Venue staff Audience And peers Now I'ma just give like One example for each Because we'd be here all day If I went to all of it So um, Friends and family Let me help you out With your material I hate that shit And I've gotten better at this As I've gotten better with like just dealing with people annoying me in my older age. <laughs> but it's like, ever since I've, like, started doing comedy, ever since I was a year in the comedy, I always have people like, yo, let me help you out. Yo, 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 I got something for you. I got something for you. And our first instinct is, so what? You saying you don't like my shit? That's, you, you, you saying, like, you don't fuck with my shit, right? That's our natural instinct. Because our natural instinct as comedians is just very selfish. Like, I... I'm obvious I'm obviously more on a Ralph Barbosa side than George Lopez in that whole thing that was with them, right? But I get where George was coming from. Like, here I am, like I do fucking I've I've done fucking stadiums, I've done specials, I've hosted the Grammys, I've had like a sitcom that was syndicated. I've been grinding forever. Uh, Richard Pryor, fucking, said he liked me. <laughs> like I've done shit. Hey, you gonna talk to me about like <laughs> some little motherfucker that popped up off like Instagram Reels? If you don't get the fuck out my face, like <laughs> it's like I do get where he, <laughs> I get where he's coming from. Even though I don't agree with it, like I, I fucking get it. Like we got this thing of like, man, fuck, who you talking about? Like is people. The only people that can send me reels of other comedians are other comedians. If you are not a comedian and you send me a reel of somebody doing stand-up, that shit will piss me the fuck off. Like, I've said to people, like, oh, great, a comedian that isn't me. And they've just been like, oh, excuse me. Somebody broke up on the wrong side of the bed. And it's like, I'm not even going to fucking, like, unpack why that why that's annoying. Because we got to stay. See, I, I, I get pissed off very easily. Um. Nah, but but that whole like I, I'm trying to be better about it because I realize like when when people do that and they're like, hey, let me help you out with something or like let me help you write a joke, it's like they just want to be a part of the process. Like you don't know what you mean to them. It, it could mean like you inspire them. It could mean it, they could be doing it because I think they really just do it because they have access to you. But he, but here's why like that shit really brings out my like. My ego as an artist One, it's like all the jokes that like You niggas be pitching to like your comedian friends It's always some high school shit It's always some shit that you would probably see At like the most pedestrian open mic So it's it's normally like the thing I get pitched a lot is Alright, so you ever be fucking a bitch, right? <laughs> it's always like, okay, so 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 say you fucking a bitch, right? So you ever be fucking a bitch? It's always about something about fucking a bitch <laughs> Like I'm not like I don't do that Or it'll be some long story And it's about some shit that happened to them Like oh you should talk about So like one time right So I'm supposed to get these beers right supposed to be a quick beer run right And I'm on my way And it's like this is this shit you see at an open mic If you go to like any open mic Anywhere in the country And you're seeing comics do it for Like for the first time Or the first you know Ten times of being on stage You'll see like a lot of racist, sexist jokes, you know, you'll see a joke like basically some shit like, oh, the WNBA is so fucking boring and jokes about the N-word or around the N-word. And then you'll see a fucking joke about them um, or you'll hear like a long fucking story. And I don't like that, like it brings out my ego because one, it's like the people that do that don't really consume humor the way that comedians consume humor. Because the average person consumes humor through social media clips. TV show reruns. Like they're always watching The Office. They're always watching Parks and Rec. They're always watching Martin. Whatever this shit is. And like maybe three megastar comedians. It could be, you know, Dave Chappelle. It could be Bill Burr. It could be Fluffy. It's like a few comics and that's kind of it. Like they're not like us, where we're always seeing what's new. Like I rewatched uh, the Damn Michael Che show. This on uh this on Max. I w- I rewatched that a few times, just like because the first time I watched it, like I was high. I enjoyed it. I just watched it like as a dude. It, uh, it was just like man, let me see what this is about. I'm high. Oh shit, this is this is cool. Then I started rewatching as like. Hmm, what's he really doing? And I'm not trying to make a TV show like that, but I'm just like, okay, what's like the writing? What's the the execution? I I mean, like, I watch it in the same way that, like, I don't know, an artist, somebody that's like really a musician, will listen to an album that, like, maybe they don't like, but they just really fuck with the mixing. Um, But yeah, it's basically like you just don't consume humor like we consume humor. And the other thing is, is like, and then this is what brings out my ego is like, Do you know who I have access to? Like, you know that I know people that's significantly funnier than you and know how to write a joke. Like, it's like, it's not. Okay, so you could be saying, oh, well, Lyle, I think you need some shit because I don't really be fucking with your comedy. Like, I think you kind of funny, but I think your stand-up is kind of funny, but you ain't funny the way. Or, oh, I just heard you do that material before. The shit like that, right? I've heard you've been doing the same jokes. It's like, well, I often stand on stage for like a half hour. Shut up, nigga. That's not true. But the point being, though, is like they'll, they'll have these, they'll, they'll say that, and it's like you think you like just the comics I've had on this podcast. Like you, you think you're funnier than Ralph Guerra? You think you funnier than Tritton Davis? You think you funnier than Rudy Ortiz? And Trevor Joyner. Trevor Joyner is like when I go to somebody to like punch my stuff up or if I have a bit, I go to Trevor Joyner. It, Cause me and Trev like we have the same type of humor. Uh we both been doing comedy since we was like damn near kids. Well he was really a kid. I was like I was a twenty year old kid. He was like a, a in high school kid. But we got like the same sense of humor, been doing comedy since we was kids. Uh we got like years together, like years together. Just as guys hanging out Like We both grew up Like We had the same reference of things Like we both Oh Robin Harris Oh yeah Young Cheesy Like we had the same pop So it's like It just frustrates me so much Like even Like The collaborative process You niggas know nothing of And it's like Again like I try Cause like my mom will hit me up And be like Especially if like my mom Like you know Her her, uh, Her day started off right at work You know She had a you know, she had a good cu- cup of coffee with the right uh, half and half to to coffee ratio. We both, me and my mom, are both people where uh, what's the saying? Like, oh, you like a little bit of coffee with your milk? <laughs> That's us. Um, but yeah, she'll hit me and be like, hey, hey, is that something? But the one thing I will say is like, my mom did give me my one of my first jokes that really worked, and like when I'm like, oh shit, I have a set. Is uh, the no homo joke that I obviously had to retire, but she gave me the punchline for that, so I'm like, okay, cool, all right, mom, you can hang. But that's but it's like she's also somebody who it's like, all right, she had 20, 20 years of being around me, annoying my voice to like, oh yeah, this sounds like the way that this nigga would say that shit. Um, but yeah, uh, dabblers. Um, so the thing is with dabblers. Is dabblers, and I mean, I know dabblers where it's people uh, that, like, do stand-up comedy, but they don't really do it. They just kind of do it sometimes. Uh, I know people, obviously, I know, like, a ton of niggas that, like, rap and make beats and, and do music where it's, like, the way that they present themselves to the world is that of a rapper. is that of uh, a producer, a beat maker. But it's like not really all in it. And I'm not talking about making a full-time living off it. I'm not talking about making enough money to pay, like, a few... Like, you make enough money off the craft to pay a few... But I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about how many other people regard you as an artist. How... Like, are you really known for being an artist? Or is that just what you're presenting to the world? I'm talking about that, right? Dabblers. You know, the dabblers that like... You know, I work on it sometimes and I don't work on it. I'm not, like... I'm talking to, like... To be a really, to really be an artist, I'm like, you have to do this shit all the fuck, like, you have to live this shit, unless you're on the level of, like, where you're making so much fucking money, you can, like, chill, but to me, it's like, if you're not on that level, you're always fucking doing it, unless, like, some real, real, real life shit happens, you're always in this. Anyways, um, my thing with the Dabblers is they have the confidence and arrogance of a tenured artist with none of the knowledge of the landscape or what it takes to create. So and there's so many examples I give on this, and I'm I'm sure I'll give it later on the pod. Uh, but so I got a friend, and he's a he he's a a producer. I'm not calling this nigga a producer. He this the nigga makes beats. Like who the fuck is he produced? But he makes beats, right? And I seen him. We linked up one time for a drink, and he says to me, he's like, "So what's up, man?" He's, so, so, what's up? You ain't got a sitcom or nothing? Like, just like kind of talking shit, you know? But also, it's a mix of talking shit and a mix of like, so, what's going on with you? But a little bit of talking shit. Like, damn, nigga, you been doing comedy all this time and I know that you as funny as you is and, like, you ain't got a sitcom. So, here's why that bothers me. And it bothered me, it bothered me because it came from him, right? It bothered me because, one, it's like... Nigga, what makes you think I want a fucking sitcom? I don't want a fucking sitcom. Oh, but you would like sitcom money. It's like, nigga, we would all like sitcom money. Like, you would like CEO money. That don't mean you want to fucking be a CEO of where you work. Like, if you really had to do that and know what goes into being a CEO. Do you know what really? Because I know niggas that, like, I got a friend, um, a, a comic, and he's, uh, he works on, uh, he's a writer on, um, excuse me, Gordon Ramsay's show. And he's written for a bunch, he's written on a bunch of shit. But he's a writer on Gordon Gordon Ramsay's show. And, like, he tell and he really, really likes being, working in TV. But, like, nigga, those are 14-hour days. Like, regularly and, you kind of, I don't know. For me, it, it just wouldn't be artist- artistically fulfilling. Now, that's not to say that, like, if a motherfucker offered me some sitcom shit, it's not saying I would take it, but that's not what I'm going for. I don't want to be in a month. Oh, that sounds no, no, thank you. Um, so one is like, it's basically you're putting what your idea of success is onto me. And I just don't, I, I, I don't like that shit. I don't like it when it's that I don't like it when it's, Oh, so, so, how come I don't be seeing you at the Laugh Factory? Uh, How how come I don't be seeing you at the Comedy Store? Uh, How come I don't be seeing you on on Netflix? (laughs) It's like, and this is why it bothers me, especially when it comes from, like, people that, like, dabble in the arts, is it's like, do you know how many positions are open? Like, like, NBA, for example, I want to say, like, it's like what thirty teams, and we'll call it like what twelve roster spots. But it also with some like injured reserves, two way players. So like in the in the NBA, like on the NBA team altogether, or in the NBA altogether, you're talking about like about four hundred twenty to four hundred forty jobs available. Like playing in the NBA is like so so fucking exclusive, right? Do you know what it's like at comedy clubs? Like, so at a comedy, what? I don't again. I don't want to over over unpack it, but I'm just saying, like, we're at a certain level. It's like, do you know how many TV shows are really given out a year? Do you know how many TV shows with black leads people want to invest in a year? So it's like. If you really in the game, you would not say that to somebody just knowing the landscape and how fucking difficult it is. But I'll tell you this. I know it's a lot of niggas putting out music. Well, not right now, but there's a lot of niggas that are always looking for beats and always looking to put out music. But eh. so that's what I'm saying. Like, it's all relative to like what's what's available. So, yeah, it just bothers me when like niggas be in it. But not in it if that makes sense um venue staff people that don't know how to speak to talent really bother me because i know how to speak to a comic i just met i know how to speak to a comic that's also a booker i know how to speak to a club owner a booker a server a bartender a doorman and guess what it is not all the same so it's like if you speak to like i just really don't like people that it's not even just about being professional but it's about you should be able to identify how to speak people speak to people within all that um it was a general manager of a club in Detroit, and the GM of the club in Detroit, what really, really, really fucking bothered me was he come, there was already shit I didn't like about the club, is there like, uh, uh, openers don't get free food or drinks, it was, uh, he was just kind of like, yeah, man, I mean, you could like just talk to them and, you know, just tell them you're a comic. I don't know, maybe they'll hook you up. And it's like, uh, I kind of think that's what you should be doing. <laughs> like, it is, and that's like, that was out of his control, but it's also kind of like, I, I just, Detroit's a fucking shithole. Anyway, so <laughs> so that part. Then, um, at one point, he comes up to me and the host, and he's like, so, uh, how does payment work? Like, so are we paying you? Or, like, what's the deal with that? And it's like, are you a man? Are you a man? Like, you're supposed to be the general manager of, like, one of the bigger comedy clubs in this fucking city. And this is how you're behaving. Um. Thing that happened recently. So, I do, I do, like, pop-up shows. You know, Uh, and I did, I'm not going to say where, but I did a pop-up show somewhere in LA and one of the co-owners, and by the way, this is a place where, you know, I'm like, I'm producing the show, I'm bucking the town, I'm bringing the people, I'm selling the tickets, I'm doing fucking everything, right? This is a place where I have not seen, I've gone there when I didn't have shows, I've been there when I have had shows, and the thing that's, you know, consistent is I don't really see people up in that motherfucker, I don't really see a lot of people. It's like, okay, I'm the draw. I'm the one selling tickets, right? And I'm I'm not trying to like pocket watch or check, you know, but it's like, just doing the mathematics, it's like, okay, every time I'm here, I'm responsible for the majority of the business that's getting done on this night. And then it's like, I'm not gonna say the type of venue it was, but I'm just gonna say this, you are a proprietor of alcohol, right? And it's empty on the weekends, the time when people drink the most fucking alcohol. That should be a lot more valued. So anyways, it was a show. We had a had a great turnout. Then after the show, one of the co owners says to me, because the co owner, uh, her brother in law is also a stand up comic, and she's like, oh man, she said to me a few times, like, you know, you you should have him on your show. And I'm just like, Uh-huh, okay. And like, if I don't say, oh, yeah, that's great, and I just go, uh huh. And I just look at you, and you don't take that as, nah, I'm good, and you're still pushing that, that's a problem. If I just get done packing out your fucking venue, and you don't say, Lyle, can I get you a drink? Lyle, thank you so much. The thing is, like, oh, yeah, it's a good shot. So, um yeah you, yeah, you should book my brother in law. Like, he's funny, he does politics. And it's like, do i seem like a nigga that wants to book a fucking white man talking about politics like does that seem like and i i fucking would obviously but it's like does that just seem like a selling point like just looking at me does that seem like a selling point like why are you i i don't like that shit because it's also it's like okay well, and when i talk about how to talk to people i would never as talent come to you as a Owner and proprietor of an establishment telling you, you know what you should carry is more shit that I like. Because a lot of the shit you have to hear to drink, I don't like it. So, have some shit that I like. Um, that's also the other thing. It's like, you know, you should book them. It's like, my shows are fucking fine without them. Like, what, what the fuck are you trying to say? Um, audience. My ego with audience is I am there to perform. I am not there to give you what you want. Now, if you get what you want, great, but, like, you're not coming to this place to get, like, exactly what, you're not coming to this place to get the type of comedy that it is that you consume on your phone. You're not coming to this place. I don't like this, like, fucking dance for me shit. I don't like when audiences are being assholes just because they know they can, because that's my issue with performing in the Bay Area. And, like, just why I don't like fucking going out there anymore is because the Bay Area has so many crowds where they're just fucking assholes because they can be. And they're just, oh, you're kind of punching down. I don't know. I feel like you're just kind of trying too hard. Because sometimes, like, the thing that happens, so, like, the show we did last night is funny is right. Uh, Gary Anderson was actually on the show. I I had him host for me. And, um, Gary called it as opening up the show and at the end of the show is that everybody in the room was, like, it was diverse, it was a melting pot, it was it was all types of people, right? The one thing that they were kind of collective on was they were just very kind of uniformly um, progressive and tight. They, they weren't like a, like, it was LA, so they weren't like a bad Bay Area crowd where they just, like, they just like woke the fuck out where it's like god it's like i can't even like get through a fucking setup without these fucking crybabies sighing i'm not talking about one of those types of crowds but they're just kind of one of those crowds where it's like enough of them were like actors and worked in film so it's like there's certain little tricks that they weren't going to be impressed with and they just you know what i mean Like, like what they wanted was just so fucking specific And that's okay, but to the point about the Bay Area crowds, right? Is I don't like those fucking crowds where it's it's, and, and oh, well, no, Bay Area. Another time I had this was a uh, Buffalo, right? Is in Buffalo, they, Buffalo also had this very like dance for me, fucking earn earn these laughs. And it's like, no, fuck you. Fuck you. Like, It's like when somebody's like, oh, well, it's real hard to make me laugh. I'm a tough customer. It's like, fuck you, then. (laughs) Like, I don't want to, like... And there are people that are easy laughers, There are people that just laugh at a lot of shit. But those types of people are like, it's real hard to make me laugh. So, then, why are you at a comedy show? Why are you choosing to sit in the front row? Or why are you choosing to be as close? Why are you kind of giving... You know what I mean? Like, it's... You know, I, I I don't like that shit. Like like as if you is as, as if you're the fucking as if you're the fucking king that could just dismiss the jester. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't like that shit. Um, the other thing is Pierce is I don't like studio gangsters, and what I mean by that is I basically just mean people that don't keep that same energy. So I don't like people that. Cause I was talking about Just what a comic is We are just talking about Comics that have gotten big And like really Especially off like Social media Comics have gotten big And just totally done a 180 And switched up And they trying to shit on people And they doing passive aggressive shit There's so many examples I want to give But I ain't trying to Get And then there's other things That the homies have told me And I don't want to get them jammed up So it's You know But I just don't like where it's like okay now that you out the trenches you want to lose your sympathy you want to lose your uh you want to lose your camaraderie and now you want to all play and it's well because there's a, a way that dudes will you know will play stupid and act like they didn't agree to some shit that they agreed to. With you, so it could be like some shit on tour. It could be you flying into that nigga city, and he he gonna take care of you when you in his city. And then they do this thing like, okay, wait, wait, you coming next week, right? Wait, 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 wait. So you said um, What wait, wait. So so I got your hotel or you got the hotel? Like like how's that work now? It's like nigga, you fucking know what the di- like and, and all that plain stupid shit like. I, I don't fuck And like But you're doing it now Because you on Whereas before You would've been like You would've known you're fucking scared. Like don't play with me um, Keep that same energy Don't be a studio gangster So it was a comic That I had host one of my shows In LA And He And by the way He's a good comic He's a good comic And he's been He's been in writers rooms He's He's solid You know but with that said, bro brought a woman to my show, which is fine. And they was a little kind of cuddly, snuggly. Okay, that's cool. Didn't get to, he's like making out with her out in front of everybody. He's all grabbing onto her. And I've got things that like I need to relay to him. It's like, yo, could you let them know? And I'm barely able to get a word in because in between him bringing up the next comic He's he's looking like he's about to like fucking make a baby. (laughs) I'm like Jesus, fuck, like. So my thing is, it's like, okay, would you be doing that? Like you doing that while you doing my show? Would you be doing that at Laugh Factory? Would you be doing that at the Comedy Store? Would you be doing that shit at Comedy Magic Club? No, you fucking wouldn't. You would if your lady was there. You would have her like near you. You'd hold her hand a few times. And you would probably mostly just be trying to talk to the comics and look like a professional. Or maybe you wouldn't even fucking bring her there. Like, I don't like when I, a nigga will do my show and they'll turn that shit into fucking date night. Because at certain places, I know you wouldn't fucking do that, right? And you could be like, oh, wow, but are you paying the same as them? Are you trying to act like that they should show, that uh, they should give you the same respect as a place that could do more for them? Yes, nigga. Because guess what? Until that place does more for them, they're going to need me. Oh, I'm not like that. They need me, and like I don't need them anymore, and they need me. But it's like okay, but you're still going to use this. You're still going to take my stage time. So it's like keep that keep that same energy. It's like that placed it because it's like okay, but you want to be here too, right? You not obviously you're not gonna get the same thing as you would being like at you know the top comedy clubs you know in, in the fucking world. But it's like, okay, but while you're here, you still need me, right? Okay, then act like I'm a nigga that you need. So Drake dropped For All The Dogs. You know, I was going to do like a a album review of it, but then I was like, why am I going to spend like 20 minutes? No, I mean, probably 30. Why am I going to spend like a half hour breaking down why a rapper that I love for many years... Drop some shit that I, I didn't even hate, I just, I, I threw it in the trash, like, why would you, I'm like, I'm never, I, like, I probably, like, replayed it, like, maybe one time, and it was just, this is a rough listen, and this is from a guy where it's like, you know, Drake was, like, one of my rappers, and when I say, like, my rappers, I mean, like, I listen to him, like, like, there's certain people where it's like oh, that's, like, Denzel is my actor, Robert De Niro is my actor. Where it's like I really watch their shit. It's like Tupac was my rapper, Jay Z my rapper, Kanye West my rapper, Drake my rapper. So, um, anyways, uh, in quick, like I don't know, it that was whack. It had nothing that I liked in a Drake album. There's no quotables. It's too many beat switch ups. I feel like what worked, um. On uh, the uh, sicko mode with Trav, I feel like he's just been trying to recreate that. And It's like let's do beat switch ups. Let's do beat switch ups because he's like trying to cater to people that have short attention spans. Um, the I didn't like the flows. I like the the joint he did with J Cole. Okay, say it then. You know he the best. Like oh god, it's I, I I didn't like it. I didn't like the production. I didn't like the songwriting. There's nothing there. I wanted uh, to repeat Uh, like there's nothing like because the thing about me for like a a Drake project is you he has shit that you can like repeat. That's like the brilliance of Drake. Yeah, I'm light skin, but I'm still a dark nigga. Have some help. Get rid of you niggas. He's got so many things. And if the girl's standing next to me, me got a f- fat ass, i probably give him my number. Like, he just got shit. With, and you just like saying that shit out loud. And like, he had nothing I wanted to say out loud. And at a certain point, you had to accept a rapper is not for you anymore the way that they used to be. Like, I'd, I remember like at a certain point, like I'd accept like, oh, Kanye just isn't for me anymore. Like, what he talks about, what he's into, it's like... I got to accept he's not for me. And it's funny, it's like around the kind of the same time I had to realize like, yeah, Kanye isn't for me anymore. Jay-Z, Jay-Z does suburban dad rap. That's not for me, for me anymore. Like I, it was kind of around the same time I had to realize like certain friends are not for me anymore. You know, it's like, okay, this is what they do. It's just, I'm not into it. You know, Drake, Drake is a trend hopping nigga. And what the trends are now are unrelatable to me as a 33-year-old man. And it's like, whatever. I just, I, I don't know. I just rather listen to Pusha T and and Freddie Gibbs poison the community. Give <laughs> <Just, laughs> me niggas that are over 40 and still selling crack. That's that's my bag. Um, But anyways, Drake drops the project. I was also mad that, like, the nigga, like, kept pushing the album back and he kept us up all night. And... It's drop it this time And I'll sleep deprived And then listen to And then that was the album And look I was one of them suckers That stayed up Cause I was like I thought it was gonna be midnight And it kept getting pushed back And then I just found myself up And then I was like oh, I can't tell if this is bad Or I'm just And then I listened to it The next day And I like This shit is bad That's probably the most Embarrassing thing I've ever admitted On this podcast Is that I stayed up Waiting for that Fucking nonsense That Drake dropped so anyways, uh, Joe Budden uh, does a podcast where he gives a review of the album and he's and he's funny and it's it's honest. And he does say, Don't get it twisted, I do like the album, and I don't think he liked the album, I think he just said that to cover his uh, foot tracks. But, um, so then Drake sent him some DMs and a voice message that uh, Joe did not read, but. The com- Let me read the comment that Drake left Because this is what we, we want to unpack uh, I don't want to unpack music that I don't like So, DJ Academics posted a video Of uh, Joe talking Joe talking about the album And I think what, what Drake really didn't like Was the fact that Joe says, Stop fucking these 25 year olds Go hang out with some people your own age And Drake also on the album He talked Millie Bobby or whatever Cause there's this thing where, um, cause, cause like there's like the Drake being like a groomer rumors started basically because of what, what's her name? Millie Bobby actress on a on, uh, stranger things. I want to say, and she said like, I got such a great relationship with Drake. I text him. And I'm like, I miss you. He's like, oh, I miss you too. And like, it's, it's, ah. Uh. And then people were like, that nigga is a sicko. What the fuck you doing texting the 14 year old? And then other people are like, oh, they're in the same field. How's that, you know, and probably liken it to like uh, somebody texting their coach or like a mentor or something like that. I mean, look, I had basketball coaches and shit growing up that I talked to for hours on the phone. Like, I would like really, and some of that was like cultural. Because you know black people we will talk on the phone For hours and they've just told me some real Shit and I was also like one of them like Young teenagers where like I was Like I had some like 25 year old energy And like I've always been a real nigga I don't know what to Tell you but we're having This conversation but anyways Um I'm (laughs) I'm thinking about a real ass conversation I had with a coach now (laughs) I cannot repeat on here but Anyways um So Drake uh that shit happens, and... Uh, oh, yeah, he also talked about the Millie Bobby stuff, though, on the album, on the album. and... um, Oh, what do I need to give my opinion on that? My opinion is just really... It's, it's showbiz shit. I don't think he's, like, grooming her. I think it's, like... Because, I mean, there's no other stuff around for me to be like, yeah, that seems like that's his flavor. It's, I think... Because in showbiz, people have, like, certain relations... Like, there's certain women... That can bring out, and, and they're all my age or older or a little younger, but they're all, you know, over 25. But it's certain women that it, where it's like, wait, Lyle, you're cool with her? Wait, you fuck with Lyle? And it's comedians, it's actresses, it's shit like that. And it's like, oh, hey, how you doing? And we share the fact that we're in a certain space, and they can kind of bring out, like, a sort of, like, softer side. of me. it. it's platonic, it's, like, casual, so I don't know. But you know that, that's something I just don't indulge Because there's not enough evidence To for, to suggest otherwise And it's also Drake's like Remember like this is the other thing with Drake While like I don't think like he is like a fucking groomer Is there's this clip There are two clips from when he came out And one was um They're talking about like who's your favorite artist To work with and he's like I would say Lil Wayne Oh so good Wayne. Oh So good Lil Wayne It's like what the fuck was that It is this clip where he's like, you know, me and Trey songs like we talk on the phone like all the time. Like we talk on the phone. (laughs) It's like I got niggas I talk to on the phone too, but I'm not gonna. I'll be like, oh yeah, I was chopping up with the nigga the other day, and it's like it is like we do talk on the phone a lot, but nigga, I ain't gonna say it like that. But he's from Canada. He's got the. He grew up in a Jewish community. He didn't grow up around like a bunch of like American niggas. Like there's certain shit that he's not going to, he's going to be a certain kind of way about certain things. So yeah, I, that, that's all I take it to. I take it for what it is, but anyways, so Joe says that, and it obviously really bothered that it came from somebody like Joe. I think it was more of that comment than what he said about the album. But that said, Drake said, and I'm going to read this in full because and this is a comment uh, Drake left on DJ Academics' Instagram post with Joe talking about it. Um, Drake said, "He At Joe Budden, you have failed at music. You left it behind to do what you are doing in this clip because this is what actually pays your bills. For any artist watching this, just remember you are watching a failure give their opinion on his idea of a recipe for success a quitter gives their opinion on how to achieve longevity you excuse me you switch careers because you switch careers because the things that pop into your brain had you broke living check to check and the raps you write had 450 men showing up to your shows in <laughs> dusty ints jeans I, I don't what's that brand in dusty (laughs) ints jeans to screw up their face to mood music 29 and pretend you are the goat please to any artist that's doing what they feel is right, don't let these opinions affect your mindset after the fact. This guy is the poster child of frustration and surrendering. You retired and we never hung up your jersey, we don't even remember your number. We know you for doing this. You withdrew from rap not because you accomplished all you need to, it's because it wasn't working for you. I never want anybody in the generations to think that the whole everybody's entitled to their opinion is a real thing. This is a man projecting his own self-hate in the fact I did and continue to do everything he wanted to do himself. If you need to put it in simpler terms, I own a 767. He owns a modest home and the 973 and flies first class on special occasions. And in quote, and a 767 being a, a jet and the the 973. Being uh, New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey, and a lot of people are like, oh, man, "Jersey's a fucking shithole." <laughs> that's like that's a, a very popular sentiment among folk. So, I actually do agree. Let me just start off with what I agree with. Drake is right. This whole "everybody's entitled to their own opinion" thing is some bullshit. Like, I agree with that. And I mean, like, look, you put out art for the world. Anybody can speak on it. It's like you put it out to be praised. You put it out to be criticized. Like anybody can say what they think, but it's like, nigga, you shut the fuck up. And not just that; it's also like not everybody does the same thing. Like, like, okay, as a comedian, if you listen to me with like the same ears that you would listen to Hassan Minaj, I'm not going to sound good. You can't be like, well, funny is funny. If it makes me laugh, it makes me laugh. No, nigga. Certain people really just like a particular style of comedy. Certain people like a particular style of even music within that genre. Certain people like a particular style of rap music. Like, I ain't listening to no fucking Earl the Sweatshirt. Like, so I can't say Earl sweatshirt is is trash because I don't listen to Earl the Sweatshirt. I listen to Vince Staples. Like, I'll get to that side. But I ain't get. you know, I'm not listening to... I listen to some of these niggas, so, that's why I feel, it's like, wait, you only like this type of shit? Yeah, your opinion doesn't matter, because you can't, you know, it's like, you don't fucking listen to that, like, it would be like somebody that's like, like, tells you why, like, I don't know, like, a movie, like, Oh man, the cream book is trash it, it, But it's like And it's the type of person that only fucking watches mob movies Like, man, that was some weak shit It's like, I would've slapped that nigga I would've done this It's like, yeah, nigga this, Nigga, you only watch like Belly And New Jack City And Scarface And Goodfellas You fuck basic motherfuckers Like, shut up You know So I agree with that shit In the case of Joe Not necessarily, because Joe is very, very, very qualified to speak on music, and I don't. And there's also like a whole other backstory that I don't want to get into because it's you might as well just listen to Joe talk about it. But there's video footage of Drake saying like he's been inspired by Joe, Kendrick saying he got into like actual songwriting from Joe after Pump It Up came out, all this other stuff that you know I'm I'll leave alone. Anyways, I hated that coming from him. I hated that coming from Drake, because already Drake kind of has a habit of uh, shitting on people. There there's actually this is funny TikTok, and it was like when Drake shits on everything you do, and it was a compilation of, you know, like, I do not stay at the Intercontinental, and then the dude throwing his bags down, and he said, your man got you a party, but like, it, party bus, hibachi, like all the shit Drake is certain hotels, and <laughs> it's, it, it's funny, but Drake is like... Drake's a dickhead, you know, you can tell he's a rich dickhead, like, the way, because it's like, yo, bro, like, I know you're trying to diss rappers, but, like, your yo actual fucking fans are catching strays, my nigga, but let's get to the shit, Joe is a, f- I understand Drake said that out, out of anger, and there's also, like, a way that I think the older niggas can just get under Drake's skin, like, Pusha T just can really get under Drake's skin, like, I don't think, I don't think Meek Mill really bothered Drake, <laughs> but it's like, it's like the, the, uh, the, the Pusha T's, the Joe Buttons, like the niggas, it was like popping in the early 2000s and it was cool. Cause look, it was, it's also like, it's way easier. Like by the time Obama was president, it was way easier to be cool. It was way easier to kind of like. Have you a little sweat. It's really easy to be cool in 2023. Like, even, like, white girls are, like, kind of cool. If, like, they just kind of, like, matched it. Like, it's people to think, like, Bobby Aloff. Or whatever fuck her name is. Is cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you know how hard it was to be cool in 2003? <laughs> in 02, It was really hard. If it, like, Drake could not be cool then. You know what I'm saying? Even... Uh, anyways. So, I think, like, niggas, it was cool when it was actually hard to be cool. Like, I think... They really get under Drake's skin But um To be a Look to be a rapper forever is fucking hard To become what Joe Budden Became Like yeah he I'm sure the nigga was Living check to check and show money And he lived like a very blue collar rapper Lifestyle that shit Is hard to do what he did You know like I know Just to even make it Just to even get your song on the radio Right and, like, especially if you're in like a a, a smaller. And Joe's like from Jersey, but like, just to do that, like that shit is hard. Like I know so many, like just growing up in Oakland, I know so many niggas, because the Bay Area's got way too. The Bay Area has too many or too many things. The Bay's got too many rappers, too many broken car windows, too many breweries, and too many motherfuckers complaining about everything under the sun, right? But to the too many rappers, like, I know so many guys, like, I had this, uh, this barber in, in, uh, West Oakland, and isn't, this, this nigga actually could, this nigga was actually, like, kinda nice, he could, like, lyrical dude, right, and I actually saw him, like, live at some open mic that I just kinda stumbled into, and, like, the nigga could actually fucking rap. But it was always like, yeah, man, gotta get to the studio, gotta get to. But he was like, a guy, right, he just didn't have his life in order. Like, it was, it was some bullshit with his daughter, with his baby moms, with a female, with a this, with a that. Like, and it's like, nigga, can you just make it to the studio? Can you just get in a studio and record music? And there was always some reason I couldn't get in the studio, he couldn't get this, or the producer, or the beat, or whatever. Like, it was always some shit, right? I knew these uh, off brand niggas from Idaho. And they, like, I met them like through through hooping, and they wanted to be rappers. And also, these niggas was trash. But like their guys, like they had too many hangups. They they thought they was too good for the work, and they wasn't honest that they was just rapping because they just wanted to feel black. They wanted to feel blacker than what they grew up with, because they some off brand niggas from Idaho, and they didn't really like making music. And that's the thing: a lot of niggas that want to be rappers aren't honest that they're rapping because they're insecure. They, like they're really rapping Because they don't want to be regular They don't want to be Just another working stiff They want to be remembered But they don't like making music They don't like writing songs You know They don't like doing shows You know Like they, they just some niggas Who want attention and to be remembered Stop being a bitch And start a fucking family You loser <laughs> You start a family And still want to rap Nigga get a mistress No but <laughs> Anyways Like this Just, like, seeing, like, niggas, like, try to go for it, like, that shit is hard. So, Drake saying this and it coming from him, it bothered me because that's a comment with that, like, somebody with a private profile makes on the internet. Somebody that, like, is never going to see you in person, that's the type of shit that they talk, right? That's not somebody that's, like, a peer and knows what the journey is like, you know, makes. And it's also, like, when certain people... Make certain things A measure of success And it's also like You know Rap is some shit Where it's like Okay well we all niggas From the hood We also, su- Or we all supposedly Niggas from the hood We all supposedly niggas We all supposedly Got oppression So like what You selling some shit You make some money Good for you It's like okay If a nigga selling dope Or a nigga selling t-shirts You be like okay cool More power to you So a nigga selling Like some music You don't fucking like Like I just uh, it, But he makes it work That's just I, I just don't fuck with certain things being like a measure for success because when people say certain things, I fucking check out. Like if somebody's like, oh, well, do you perform at this venue? Oh, you're not at Laugh Factory or, or Comedy Store, Hollywood Improv every night. Well, then you're not a real comedian and you're not successful. I check out like you're a fucking idiot to me. I don't. I'm good. I check out. It's like so to say like, OK, because for him to be like, well, well, Joe doesn't have this. Joe doesn't have that. But, like, Joe doesn't have the private plane, and he lives in, like, a... I mean, and Joe probably lives in, like, Tony Soprano's mansion in Jersey. Like, if we gonna keep it real. But to say, like, oh, well, but... And Drake lives in, like, a... Well, Drake has, like, a million fucking houses and properties and shit. Like, he's damn near a billy-up. He did the deal with Universal. He's feeling himself. He's talking his shit. But a certain shit I just don't like from people... When they equate certain things to success, I'm like, I'm done. I'm gone. Like, so just to that point of like, oh, well, well, I don't see you at the Laugh Factory. I don't see you at this. It's like, do you know how many spots there are available on these shows in L.A. and New York? Do you know, like, the percentage of people that get these jobs or get these slots on these shows? So you're talking. It's comics that are past like, at the club that have been passed recently, excuse me, New Blood, then it is, uh, celebrities, it's niggas with agents, it's celebrity drop-ins, like, that's, that's it, like, there's only so many slots to go around, and I'm not, like, making excuses or whatever, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, it's fucking hard to break into the rotation of a, a comedy club, it's only so many Opportunities To do stand up on TV It's like a few late night shows uh, The format for Netflix Is giving out specials So to be like Oh I ain't see you on this I ain't see you on this It's like Yeah nigga Stand up don't Like being a working stand up Don't just exist Within the parameters That you know Cause you're not An actual motherfucking fan Of stand up comedy It's like It's like going up to a nigga That plays basketball overseas Like I don't see you in the NBA It's like So does that mean He's not a professional Basketball player He, he makes money Off playing off playing fucking basketball, he is known as a basketball player, you look at, you google his name, nothing but basketball, you google my name, nothing but stand-up comedy, right, so I hate when people, I just hate that Drake took it there, because that's some shit that like fucking losers, that stay in give up towns that want to talk shit for people that have balls to actually go after it that's the type of shit that they talk and i don't fuck with that like i i just hate that and honestly i think drake's like and like drake is like goat tier status for me and like for me there's not one goat it's kind of like nba it's like there's goat of different eras that's how that's my shit like kobe's the goat of his time lebron's the goat of his time jordan like whatever but I think some some points get knocked down. Like like if Jay Z like Jay Z when he said and he does a battle with Nas he already fucked Nas's baby moms. So he like but when he said Condom's on the baby seat Jay kind of went down a peg. He went down a peg. That was and like apparently uh, Nas had a bar that was and like uh, Columbia Records asked him to take it out, but he says something like uh, he rhymed like plain. It should have been a. Uh, he says something like R.I.P. Aaliyah, it should have been Dame Dash in that plane crash. And that's something like if had that shit came out, Nas would have gone down like a peg or two. You know. There was a thing um where some of Tupac's uh handwriting had been discovered for what was to be the liner notes on a uh, Machiavelli, the, the his uh final album from when he was alive. Or his final album, where he like had say so on the cover art and certain things, and, and certain stuff did get altered in his death. Like, but he had like some liner notes where he's gonna say something about like Faith Evans, like Faith Evans, fat, low self esteem pussy, and uh, I use the rubbers, so the little niggas not mine. And it was stuff, and like the shit came out, it, it just didn't look good. And it's like Pox Twenty Five used that, and Snoop says something to the fact of like, you know, we need to let that shit rest. You know, just not focus on that. But it looked pretty bad. And there's certain stuff where it's like, have Pac live? And that came out. Pac would, like, there's certain stuff where it can just lower you. And I think that kind of, like, lowered Drake a tear, Him taking it there. But, yeah, man, this, yeah, that shit bothered me. But it's part of an artist's ego. So, every few years, we talk about Lauryn Hill being late as hell to a show Which is kind of funny to me Because it's like well she's always late to a show But recently she was late to a show In LA And uh, you know It's Lauren Hill's fan base it's going to be a lot of black folk And, they're, and uh, they let her know How they felt in the crowd I'm sure And she said Y'all should be happy that I'm here Something to that effect Like y'all lucky I showed up in the first place Or whatever she said So, I should start by telling my Lauryn Hill story. So, like, well, first off, like, so for me, I don't, like, really have a a relationship with Lauryn Hill musically. I do know that uh, what she did with the Fugees and what she did on her solo album, it laid the groundwork for what Kanye would end up doing. Just in terms of having, like, rap music that's got a message, but it's still got radio, uh, appeal, there's still, like, a pop appeal with the songwriting, um, and, and it just, and, and uh, it won a shit ton of Grammys, she was, like, the first rapper to win best album at the Grammys, which is fucking, even though she was singing, like, a lot of it, too, it's funny, because people be like, oh, Drake's a singer, it's like, nigga, Lauren Hill was probably singing more than Drake, but whatever, she could still be your favorite female MC, <laughs> but, um, yeah, and also like just that type of like you know that that like black vice principal music. It's not like you know common, Eric. about even though Lauryn Hill makes better music than the the Soul Clarions and most stuff and all them, it's still it's like it's a certain type of music that just doesn't really you know resonate with me. But I still recognize like the brilliance in it. Um, oh yeah, yeah, no, no. But so uh, to to my Lauryn Hill story. So my first girlfriend was like like, six, seven years older than me, and she's, like, Mexican, but as she liked to say, she was, uh, she identified as a typical, atypical Chicana, and I actually found that out, because, like, it would be certain people, like, like, Rudy, or, or, like, just certain people I know, and she'd be like, oh, they're such a basic Mexican, like, I I remember she had, like, because she, she had a coworker, uh, named Rita that said, uh, she said, like, yeah, she's got, like, Puerto Rican-y hair. And I, just, I enjoyed it because I know how much she hated being called, like, identified as anything other than Mexican. And then she's like, and then she was just like, mm, and I'm like, yeah, Rita said you look Puerto rican And she said, she's a basic San Jose Mexican. She will call people basic San Jose Mexicans and basic Bay Area Mexicans and typical Mexicans and all this sort of stuff, but she identified herself as uh uh, a typical atypical ch- chicana now that's only relevant because the type of uh black music that she was into was again it was that black vice principal music which made sense because she was a teacher it's funny in her in her bedroom she actually had uh she had drumsticks and like a sign poster from quest love and she's like oh yeah he threw that out into the crowd and like and I got, like, the program signed or whatever. I'm like, was you, was you sucking Questlove's dick? Like, that's something. And she's like, no, you know, I didn't do that. And I'm like, all right, whatever. But anyways, um, so Lauryn Hill had a concert at the Warfield. And we went in, like, 2014, maybe early 2015, if not 2014. But we went to the concert. And the opening act was, uh, it, it was... One of the Marley bands. So, like, one thing, like, so the Marleys are like the wins, and where like it's you think it's just like seven or eight of them, and it's like it's thousands of them niggas, right? Like, just even living in LA, um, like, and being a comedian, it's like you think like the only wins that I've ran into is um, what's his name um, Damon Damon Junior, right? Cool nigga too. It's, Damon Junior is a real cool guy, uh, and and fucking funny. But anyways, uh. <laughs> It's like you then later you're like, oh yeah, that's a Wayne's right there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a Wayans. Oh, he's married to uh such and such's daughter. Oh yeah, and I'm like, God damn, like this, this is fucking out here. Also, a bunch of comics be trying to like get in that Wayne's clan so bad. <laughs> I know one comedy that actually had like a kid with what, never mind, let me shut the fuck up. <laughs> um anyways, um so we go to the concert and One of the Marley's is opening up, and it wasn't, like, one of the ones that you would know, but, like, the music was fucking banging. Like, they were good. And they probably did, like, I don't know, maybe, like, 35 to 45 minutes. They did, like, just a little bit of under an hour opening, and I kind of felt like they went on longer than they were supposed to because even, like, as a comic at the time, I was like, yo, this... I don't feel like they're supposed to be going on this long. Like, I know their opening set is going to be longer than my opening set because it's music and they got to take time to tune their instruments and drink a water and talk to each other about whatever and, you know, feel the crowd out, whatever the fuck they do. But it feels like they're going on way longer than they should. You know, then there's a pause in their set. And then it's like about like, I don't know. I want to say, like, 45 minutes go by, crowd's getting restless, I'm running back getting drinks, because this is when I was, like, fucking, I was, like, 24 years old, so this is when I was, like, really in the like, drinking and whoring, you know, cheating on my girl, if you must know, <laughs> like a true fucking entertainer, um, I hate, like, like oh, oh well, black men don't cheat, yeah, but entertainers do, so, like, if you niggas, let's see, that, that's my artist ego coming out again. Deal with these fucking no count niggas. Anyway, so a bunch of time goes by, and then I'm walking back and forth, and it's a white dude there. And keep in mind, this is like 2014, 2015. Gentrification is starting to come into play. I'm starting to get those butt hurt, offended people at my comedy shows, and um, I'm like, I don't know. I like I like some white dudes not letting me through. And there's, like, some... And I just started shouting at him, I will beat your fucking white ass. Like, I said, I just said some crazy... I don't know what the fuck I said. I said some crazy shit because I just felt like, hey, look, we had a Black Queens concert. You need to check your white ass, nigga. Like, I didn't say all that, but that's just how I felt being at a Lauren Hill concert. I felt like I was entitled to some shit. I was like, you a guest, bitch-ass nigga. That also happened to me at a Pusha T concert. You know, like, it's something where I... Like, I just get in... Out of pocket, what... Because... The way black people and white people enjoy live music is very different, especially when it's, like, a popular artist. So, it's like, if you get in on some out-of-pocket white boy shit, like, I will, you know, I'm going to check you. Anyways, with that said, so that happened. And then later, like, I looked up and I was like, the comedian me still came out despite, like, all all the fucking, like, Jack and Cokes, Henny and Cokes, whatever the fuck I was drinking at the time. The comedian came out to me and said, like, Nigga, who the fuck goes to a Lauryn Hill concert and threatens violence? Like, nigga, that is not what the save that shit for YG, my nigga. Like this this is not the place to be feeling that, you know? Because YG was like the most popular get- Yeah cause out I- yeah, YG, that was the year he dropped uh was it, uh, My Crazy Life. That was a- that was a fun and crazy and reckless time, twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen for me. Anyway, so um That's like 45 minutes. Then some more time goes by. It's like, what's up? You want to go? You want to go? And then she's like, well, you're not used to going to concerts. They sometimes take a while. It's not like a comedy show. I'm like, all right, whatever, bitch. And then some more time goes by. I'm like, so how are you feeling? And she's like, we'll wait another half hour. And then another half hour goes by. And then cut. It's, it's, it's probably been like maybe 90 minutes. Then you hear it. Strumming my pain with this feeling, ah, la, 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 la. I don't be knowing the shit. I just know how it sounds. <laughs> Killing me so softly within one time, two time, and then boom, the concert starts. All right, and by the way, she put on a fucking magnificent show. That shit was, that shit really felt like something. Keep in mind, like I, I had quite a bit of alcohol in my system. I was with the love of my life. It was late. I had adrenaline. I was like, man, if I see that nigga again, I'm gonna catch. I'm still like talking a little bit of street shit just to like keep myself into it, cause you know, some like sometimes you like you calm down, but you gotta keep yourself hyped up just in case like you gotta do something. Anyways, great concert, and I refresh. And I remember before that, I refreshed myself in in the discography. But I I, I tell that story though because it's kind of interesting to me because. That girlfriend, she was, like, 28, 20 maybe pushing 30 at the time. I, she was, like, 29, 30 at the time. And it's just kind of funny to me, right? Because, like, that time that Lauren Hill was in... Also, Lauren Hill's doing all this shit really just off of... I think the Fuji's have, like, two albums. But, it like, The Score and then Miseducation, um, uh, her solo album... Like, it's really only two albums that people are still coming to see her off of. So, for context, that's like if Kanye did not make any more music past late registration and people are still coming out to see Kanye. Which is, like, you could kind of actually see that. Like, him just having this sort of, like, well, because it's rap, it would be kind of, like, more like a cult following. But I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like there's kind of, like... Male superstar rappers So it may be like That nigga fell off I ain't trying to see that nigga Do the same shit Whereas Lauryn Hill There's also like this Message of like Feminism Especially for like Black women And women Women that ain't white I hate saying of color It just uh, It's just something I don't know The the Bay Area just made that shit Sound dirty for me (laughs) It's like normally When they said of color It like It meant like But not you niggas (laughs) So yeah Anyways Um But it's interesting to me, though, because at that time, like, the people that were, like, Lauren's age when the music came out, like, you know, they really have money and can go out, but they're getting older. And then my girl was, like, in high school when Miss Education came out in middle school when um, uh, the score came out. But she's, like, at the age where it's like, okay, she got some she got some money. She got, like, some energy for select concerts to, like, you know, to burn the candle at both ends and stay up. But now it's to the point where it's, like, more and more of her fan base is getting older. And it's, like, it's always going to be, like, young people that will fuck with music from the past. Like, this, you always going to have, you know, the 21-year-old at the Fleetwood Mac concert. You know, you're always going to have the... The 24-year-old is like, yeah, I got tickets to see Warren G. And it's like, really? <laughs> you? And they're like, yeah. Like, I don't know. My brother listened to Warren G, I, I love Warren G. And they're like, really? That's so fucking strange. And then they're like, well, it was also only $40. <laughs> and that's not a diss, by the way. Because I would love if I could sell tickets for $40. You think I'd be fucking talking to you niggas right now? Anyways. um, So, the concert happens and um beautiful time oh yeah i'm sorry i got, I got a little distracted I'm, I'm drinking some really good wine and i i'm uh i'm going to go coom at the hollywood improv after i record this um what was i say no but it's kind of interesting to me though because it's like her fan base is getting older and i think things like that are more noticeable uh which which you know is why we're talking about it uh but yeah, no, Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill is like. Some of this is artistic ego, but we also just gotta look at Lauren Hill is. And she is a black woman from Orange, New Jersey, born in 1974. She grew up around a bunch of Haitians. So she don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. And that's before we get to the Grammys, the accolades. I think any black woman born in New Jersey in 1974 that grew up around a bunch of Haitians is going to show up to work like, you niggas should be lucky I'm here. That's just like that. That's just cultural off rip, right? And that's before we get to all her accomplishments. Like that alone is enough. But she still somehow shows off two albums. Um, I don't think she wants to be doing this. And I think there's like, I think that's where some of that ego that she has comes from is just in the mere fact of like, I don't want to be doing this shit. I don't want to be talking I don't want to be singing these same songs. But she strikes me as somebody that has a very high maintenance lifestyle. So she's got to fucking work. Like, I imagine her accountant telling her how many shows she needs to be. She, how many shows she needs to do a year in order to not dip into savings or put a lien on the house and still maintain her lifestyle. Because my theory on Miss Hill, not being able to do another album is the same as her coming out late. I don't think she really be, wants to do this shit. And when I see, like,. You, I mean, it's also, like, black female artists of that time, they are, like, extra divas, like, of the, especially, like, the East Coast, like, like, Mar- like think about Mariah Carey, think about J-Lo, think about Mary J. Blige, and, and then just how, like, women are, like, really judgmental, and, like, the women in the audience get really, really fly when they come to the show, so, of course, it's like, okay, they gotta get done up as well, but it's, I mean, I don't know, it's, it's like something for me, it's like the type of music she makes is like not so shallow, and it's not really about being on some fly shit, so then the fact, though, that like, it's, she'll have like an extravagant outfit, I don't know, there's just something about that to me, and I'm not a Lauren Hill fan, so I could be sounding ignorant, and somebody could like just break it down for me and be like, well, this is why what you just said was dumb, but I'm just saying from the outside looking in, it's just like, hmm, that's kind of interesting, right, so it's like, is that part of, like, she keeps her, to keep her mind in the game, she gotta trick herself into doing the shit, or is, it, or is I mean, I don't know, I don't know, Uh, but I don't think she really likes what she does, I think, because there's certain people who I don't really think they like what they do, I think, well, first off, she's insanely talented, so let's keep it at that, but at the same time, it's like, <laughs> Don't let certain things fool you Is what I'm saying Like I saw a thing Like somebody wrote Like it, it was written by a black woman I should preface it with that But it was like A whole breakdown On like Lauren Hill And And Basically, like, yeah, like she, like, Columbia Records had to cut her off because they kept giving her money and she wouldn't produce the album. She did an unplugged and she can only play three strings on the guitar and all this stuff. And just like breaking down all like the weaknesses in her game despite those two landmark albums. And I deduce all that to like, she doesn't really like doing this shit. And I think there are certain people where it's like they strike lightning in a bottle, they got in position. They delivered, they made some great, timeless stuff, but they are not true prof- professionals. That's really what I think this is, in, in her case. And what I mean by, like, true professionals, like, she delivers a great show, and I mean, this is... <laughs> like, it, like, if somehow, like, she got wind of this podcast and, like, came up to me and was like, all that shit you said on that pod, say it to my face, nigga. I'll be like, no, ma'am. <laughs> like, no, fuck it. <laughs> you think I'm going to keep it gangster with a black woman from New Jersey born in 1974 that grew up around a bunch of Haitians? Hell no, nigga. But since this is a fucking podcast that she'll never hear. Yeah, I don't think she likes doing this shit. I think it's a bunch of people that kind of just got in position and got lucky. And they don't really like the act of going into the studio. They don't like the act of... Because the thing is to, like, just even get... And she she's, like, above uh, an above-average talent and is put out above-average work and shit. And it also when albums had to be, like, you know, at least, like, 14 tracks. And her albums was, like, 18, 17 tracks. And songs weren't two minutes. It was, like, four or five minutes. So, like, she's... I'm not taking nothing away from her. I'm just saying, like, I don't think she liked to do this shit. And I think it's, like, one of those things where... A lot of people, like even me, like with me with hooping, it's like now, like I just, I'm into getting a workout. So I'm into doing some cardio, lifting some weights, having my vanity workouts, you know, looking somewhat buff in a t shirt, having my arms pop, you know. I'm not trying to like fucking test the limits. Like, I'm, and I'm like 33, but it's like, I'm not going to eat fucking cauliflower rice and ground turkey again. Like, that's done. Like, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to have. Ground beef and rice, nigga. Like I'm not doing certain shit. I'm not doing again, you know. And it's like that's like the closest analogy I can make, you know. Like uh, there's a certain level I'm just not gonna push like my limits to with like with like fitness. It's like I, I work out four or five times a week. Uh, I'll take some classes at, at the Mayweather gym, you know, just to like still keep that gangster edge, especially because I talk a lot of shit. By the way, them boxing classes are fun because they're like. They're like, circuit classes. You be in there with the baddies. It's, like, community. You have, like, some, some cool niggas in there, too. Like, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. watch this form. Okay, see, like, I bet you, like, you could probably hit me real hard, but I would still beat your ass. But then they, t- like, they'll explain the science to you. Like, I like that type of shit, but I'm not trying to, like, fucking run marathons. or Like, there's just certain shit where I'm just like, uh, I'm kind of past that. Because I got other things that I like to do, Right. And I know what it takes to do that, and like what it takes to really re—I would that, that would mean like, I'm. It's not to say like I would do less comedy, but I would maybe have like less energy for certain things, and it's like I'm focused on the art and blah blah blah. So, anyways, I say all that to say like, look, look how defensive I got about my fitness right there, And <laughs> my dieting. Like I was like, well, you know, it's not to say, nigga. Anyways, like I think like she's somebody where she's like, eh. I did and just certain artists, like, that. like really, I think Lauryn Hill should pull a Khalees, because look at Khalees, before Khalees had, um, that uh, what was that, hey, Dirty, baby, you got your money, and before Milkshake, and before all that, and she linked that with Pharrell, she was a student at the School of Cordon Bleu, now, Khalees made her money, she got a farm in Malibu, And she does, like, she makes cooking content and does cooking videos, and she shows you videos, and she looks, honestly, she looks better than she did, like, her skin, her body, like, she looks, and she shows off her belt buckle on on these uh, IG reels. And she looks better than she did when, like, she looks better than she did in the 2000s. So does Nas, actually. Toxic relationships can do you good. (laughs) Yeah, what the hell is wrong with me, yo? Nah, man, but... Kalise like, seems gen- genuinely happy... With the life that she has, has uh, made for herself... And in this cooking phase... And that Beyoncé, like, sampled her shit... And she was like, bitch, take that shit off... You know, and the Beehive was like, what'd you say, Kalise?" And Kalise was like, I'm living my life, leave me the fuck alone... I am healed, right... And it's like, it's something like that. I'm just like, but I think, like, and I'm not into pocket watching, but I think Lauren Hill probably just has really expensive habits. That's why she can continues the tour. Um, but I don't think certain people like, you know, what they really do. Um, I also feel, though, because, and by the way, let, let me establish this. I am, for the most part, I am pro-fan when it comes to artists, NBA. Whatever I'm I'm just pro fan more than I am like. I'm not like pro team, I'm not pro player, I'm pro I'm pro fan. But I also feel when you pay for certain things, you should know what to expect. Lauren Hill, she's gonna be late. If you go to nigga night, we also call it chicken night, me and Trev. If you go to nigga night at a comedy club, you should not be surprised if you get roasted or you hear some, like, just really sexually, if you hear that, like, so I was fucking a bitch type comedy, right? If, or if you just go to a comedy club, you'll hear some shit you don't like. Like, there's certain places where it's like you should just know not to go there. And I, I just feel like with Lauren Hill, you should have done enough research to know that she doesn't give a fuck if she makes y'all wait or she doesn't give a fuck if you guys got to pay the babysitter extra she doesn't give a fuck if, like, you park somewhere and you get a ticket because you was you thought you had until 11 p.m. And she gets on stage at 10.45, right? Um, you just got to know what you're getting into. Like, like you know what's funny? It's like with well, my mom, at a certain point, and this is, like, back when, like, you know, she still paid for shit when we went out or whatever. But as, at a certain point, and I, I, I actually want to say I was like... 18, 19, when I came to this realization, I was like, I cannot go to chains with my mom anymore. There's just a certain level of dining. I can't do And I was like, I'd rather we just cook or we just eat out or like we have, we take food home. Because my mom, we would go to like a Denny's, a Chili's, and back when I used to eat mid-tier at home. I mean, I'll eat mid-tier on the road, but I mean, because you got to eat. But I mean, I'm not doing that shit when I'm home. Well, we go to these places and she's like, "Um, the lettuce is wilted. And I'm like, Mom, why, well, why are you ordering a salad of chilies now? Come on now. She's like, Well, I'm just, it, it's wilted. You know, it's like they, they, they shouldn't serve this. And I'm like, <laughs> and, I'm like I, and by the way, that's like a thing. Like, black women send food back, but at the same time, it's like, Come on, man. We, <sighs> and, and now we only eat out at really, really nice places. And I don't mean like white tablecloth, but I mean where it's like, Oh, we go into a Thai restaurant. They got that. Oh, they got Crying Tiger beef and the papaya salad. Oh, they really know what they... Excuse me. They really know what they're doing with the Thai. We go in there. Because I'm like, I can't... So, I just think like, at a certain point, like, you just got to know what you're getting into and like what you're paying for. People got to be more realistic about that. Now, with that said... Also... People don't know what it takes to do a show. Lauren said, you niggas can wait. And if you're okay with and if you're okay with that, cool. If you're not okay with that, cool. But sometimes, like, this is what it takes for a particular person to give a great show. Like, she may be like, okay, th- is this tune in this? Sk-? Like, I have no idea what it's like in the green room. She also could just be bitching, cussing somebody out. She also could just be on the phone, talking with somebody. Like, girl, then what? What? And then... Like, she's got an assistant and a stagehand and a bunch of people just trying to get her off the phone. I can picture that. Like, there's so many different things that could go into it. but Or maybe it's probably, like, she just needs a lot of time to get in the space to perform. Also, she's performing, like, the same song. Songs from, like, over 20 years ago. That shit could get a little tiring. And she may need to bring her. It may take a lot for To get into that and find that motivation Um, Me personally as a performer I'm not doing a gig if I need a bunch of shit Also like But also like doing stand up Is a lot more simple Than like performing with like a live band And a DJ and backup singers And whatever the hell else she got Um, It's apples and oranges Just when it comes to music and comedy But like like Okay when I perform in the Bay Area It takes a lot out of me because they're the biggest fucking ungrateful crybabies ever. So I need a good amount of money or shows lined up consecutively if I'm going to talk to those dickheads and bitch asses. Like, I canceled a run of shows up north that was supposed to take place this week, actually, because I'm like, "Eh, it's not worth it. Like, it wouldn't have served me. So to the point of Lauren saying, y'all complaining that I'm late, be grateful that I'm here. Me and the Bay is y'all, y'all mad about a joke? Because as an actual statement, you can poke holes in it. But as but it's a fucking joke, and you're gonna treat it like it's an actual statement. Be glad I'm here, dickhead. Be glad I'm here, bitch. Like that's like I get that feeling, you know. Um, when I was like, or or like the shit with me being in Buffalo and them just. Having that, like, the, the homie in New York told me, like, yeah, they're the most, like, uh, fucking impress me motherfuckers. It's, it's like, do you, we came here from fucking Columbus, Ohio. Like, we went through most of the state of Ohio. We went through the state of uh, Pennsylvania. Like, just to be here. We did that to be here. And you guys are on some, uh, uh, uh. Like, I, I, like, don't give me no laughs. It ain't genuine. But also, don't, like... If you come on someone who well, takes a lot to make me laugh, well, then... I don't know. Like, take an edible. Like, have somebody tickle you. Because cause fuck you. Like, So, I, as a performer, I get that standpoint, you know? Um, but what I connect with this is... What I connect with is people complaining about What they paid for Like she's gonna be late And she told y'all she don't give a fuck Within five minutes of me being on stage You can tell I don't give a fuck If you see me live Now she's getting enough money To say yes Like, like she's getting enough money To say yes to these gigs And I'm not getting enough money to say yes To deal with the crybaby babies in the fucking bay So like that that's like a big difference and also, like, too many people are going to flake on, on, you know, getting tickets for me at this current juncture. So, that's why I'm just like, I'm good. I'm not going to fucking perform there. Whereas, her, she's like... And by the way, I it's a lot of places I like performing for in the world, except the fucking Bay Area. I, oh, God. They, uh. And by no means am I on Lauryn Hill's side. I just think, at this point, her four-hour wait times to getting on the stage should be expected. Like, if Kanye came out... On stage and ranted instead of doing the hits, don't be shocked. If you see Dave Chappelle, he might not do material, he might just talk for four hours for five hours straight and chain spoke American spirits, right? With artists of a certain magnitude, you should know what the spirit what the experience is going to be. Like because I'm pro-fan when the fans are not dickheads. Then you know, it's, it's like, you know, just, just, just know what the fuck you paid for. Right. My my bad, if it seemed like I was a little rambly, I was a little all over the place, but, but in short to, to, to just make this concise and put a nice bow on it. Um, actually, you know, I, I talked enough. This has been the let Unpacked That Podcast. I've been your host, Lyle Barons. Thank you very much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. And we will be back sooner than later. But, you know... Yeah, let me just... Ah, fuck it. Let's get out of here. <laughs> I'm not going to make any more promises to you niggas. This shit is free.